Welcome to ContenderCast, a leadership conversation centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for listening. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast for shining a light on bright ideas. Today, we are in the world of cannabis, a very exciting topic, a hot industry. And on the podcast today is the president of Glasshouse Group, Graham Farrar. You guys are going to love this podcast episode. You're going to learn something about the industry and um, this exciting company. So, Graham, it is so great to have you on the podcast. Awesome. Thanks, Justin. It's uh, great to be here. Uh, always love the contender cast. So, uh, stoked to be able to uh, participate. Dude, it's so awesome that you're on. Um, I am so excited to talk to you. I had so much fun researching you, uh, checking out your background. And then, man, you've got like kind of corporate stuff early in career and then entrepreneur stuff later in career. And I can't wait to dive in. That's where we're going to start today. Um, talk about you know your path. So we, we can get to the CBD world in just a moment. But I mean, you started your career in the, I'll say somewhat technology and services and sales world, right? And even though you came out of Colorado with the biology and biochemistry degree. So talk about your path from that and getting into the entrepreneurship space. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I think if there's a thread that connects the things that I've done, which are, are pretty wide ranging, uh, it, is, it is that I have got a whole lot of experience doing things that people have no experience doing. Um, and that's kind of spanned the gamut over time. Uh, it started, you know, I'm a tech guy, tech guy by background, uh, at least from the work side, uh, kind of a science and, you know, uh, technology minded person uh, out of school, uh, always loves computers. Um, so I've been doing tech, uh, you know, since I was I think my first job was at OpenWave, which was the uh, company that made 3D animation software for movies. So if wow. you go way back to when 3D <laughs> graphics were new in movies, uh, yep. OpenWave is the company. I was worked there actually as an intern um, out of uh, school. Um, you know, I think I might have been 14 years old when I started uh, Silicon Graphics Computers things that were the size of, you know, big refrigerators that wow. had eight gigabytes of RAM at the time, which was like brag worthy. Come check this out. You know, now your, your Apple watch has more memory in it. Um, but it really got me started on the technology path. Uh, from there, I was one of the early folks at a company called software.com. Uh, software.com goes back to the, you know, the dot-com boom days. Um, we made this really geeky software, essentially a, a digital post office. So back when people outside of universities were first discovering email and normal people were getting email and normal people were getting their first ISP accounts and, you know, the back on and all the modem stuff that uh, <laughs> yeah, I remember do software, <laughs> software.com made the software that AT&T and GTE and NTT and telecom Italia and BTT, all of those guys, when, when you got an ISP account and you got uh, Justin at AT&T world that we made the software that the email landed in until you dialed in with your modem, wow. pulled it down with pop back in the day. IMAP today. It's like, it was always on things didn't exist. <laughs> totally. We made that software and we made it better than anybody else. We uh, handled at one point, I think it was 78% of the email traffic on the planet wow. went through our software. Uh, we got lucky enough with the timing uh, to go public uh, in 1999 at the peak of the IPO. Don Liswin, who was the former uh, CEO of Cisco, became our CEO, $200 a share, you know, all the dot-com uh, yep, I remember. Sold that stuff. <laughs> Bought a sailboat. Uh, I spent two <laughs> years with my girlfriend, who's now my wife. Uh, I sailed from Santa Barbara, New Zealand, through the South Pacific, and I also came back to get married said, there's no way I'll stay sane if I have to pick out, you know, flowers for the centerpiece. I called John McFarlane up, who was the CEO of software.com, uh, and had, had, had left and said, what are you doing? I need something to keep me out of trouble. And he said, hey, we got this idea. 
for doing wireless music for the home. Why don't you come over here and help us figure the thing out? So I walked in as the you know, sixth person in the door at Sonos, which uh, thankfully is still one of the best products in the category. Uh, totally. You know, 15 years later. Even this um, day. Also yep. went public. And uh, <laughs> so uh, that was good. And uh, I went sailing again for a couple of years. Um, fell in love with the iPhone. Uh, then I had a daughter. And so I started making the uh, uh, iStoryTime as the name of the company. We started translating books into narrated apps. And then uh, when we were traveling, uh, she could have a book instead of a movie, but I didn't have to necessarily read it to her while we were eating dessert or finishing coffee with her friends. Um, and then uh, a longtime lover of cannabinoids, I'll say, THC, CBD, all the things that come out of the cannabis plant, whether it be cannabis or, or hemp, um, saw what was happening in California, said this is going to make society better. This is going to be a great business. This is something that nobody has any experience doing, and that's what I'm good at. So dived in full force uh, to the cannabis slash hemp industry uh, from there. And half a decade later, we've uh, done some pretty cool stuff. Wow. Yeah. I mean, totally amazing story. Um, and you're right. This, this space is blowing up right now. Um, talk about you. You'd all, I noticed also you've done a lot of like community involvement and, and volunteer work around the environmental space. Did that come into play as well as you were thinking about this, this world? Yeah, big time. I mean, I, I'm a long time. I live in Santa Barbara is my hometown. Uh, it's a very connected to the, to the environment kind of spot. I'm standing here at one of our farms. I've got the ocean a half mile uh, behind me. I'm looking mountains you know there's more more green than not green uh in our life and protecting that and you know making sure that our kids and the next generation understand how connected we are to the environment and that you know chicken doesn't come from a, a machine and and how you grow your apples and your avocados and your cannabis and all that stuff matters um uh is definitely key i was on the uh, heal the ocean which is a local environmental group here in Santa Barbara for a decade i was on the board of directors for Psychology. Uh, which has this particular focus on uh, ecological preservation on islands where something like 90% of extinctions happen. It's this you know, really leveraged way to, to help the environment, um, which then played in awesomely on the sailing trip that I mentioned. You know, when we showed up in Fiji, we showed up as somebody who had helped build a community center for the island that we visited wow. in exchange for them doing a protection on their reefs, right? I mean, they were, they were totally. fishing, overfishing a reef to get money to build a community center so that they could get uh, teachers from the government for their kids, right? So, like, the intentions were really, uh, really true and pure and good, but we, and we helped them do that without damaging their environment. They still got what they wanted. So, when we showed up there, you know, it was a really funny uh, experience. <laughs> it has always been a compassionate industry, and so we want to carry that through in what we do today. That's awesome. Um, so Glasshouse Group, for those that don't know, one of the largest vertically integrated cannabis companies in the great state of California. Um, so Graham, let's talk about the industry. Let's start big picture here. You know, a lot has changed and a lot is changing, I'm guessing, daily, weekly in the space. So just get us all grounded in where this whole industry is today and how we should be thinking about it, where it's come from. Yeah. So the, the lens that, was, that we look at, uh, at things from Glasshouse and just the brief background uh, Glasshouse is one of the largest uh, cannabis companies in, in California, as I mentioned. Um, we, when we say cannabis, we really mean cannabis, cannabis. So the, the lens that we use is that we're a cannabinoid product company that owns its supply chain. Is basically kind of who we are. That THC is obviously the cannabinoid. I think most people know about CBD is now a close second as people get uh, more familiar with it. There's a whole bunch of other ones, though. I mean, there's 100 plus cannabinoids in, in the cannabis plant. Um, CBC, CBG, CBN, all kinds of really cool properties um, in there. And so, you know, we look at it through through that lens. We've got half a million square feet of licensed 
cannabis growing. We've got 200 acres that's being harvested right now of hemp growing in San Bernardino. We've got four brands and four stores and manufacturing facilities. So really trying to build that kind of California supply chain sure. uh, for cannabinoids. Um, yeah, go ahead. No, please continue. That's great. Okay. Um, uh, so, uh, you know, I, it's an, it's an amazing time, uh, to be here. It's like, you know, I wake up every morning, uh, so feeling so much to do, but so lucky to have the opportunity, uh, to, to, to work on it. Um, and we're seeing, you know, we're undoing 50 plus years of stigma around this plant, right? I mean, if you, if you think about it, like our body has a circulatory system and nervous system, it's also got an endocannabinoid system. Our bottom body makes endogenous cannabinoids, uh, serotonin and you know a bunch of other things uh, um, that are really positively associated with well-being and health and things like that cannabis plant cannabis or you know again hemp and, and marijuana you know we, we use those kind of uh, collectively here is one of the few things that also produces cannabinoids right in that case it's a phytocannabinoid because it's coming from a plant but our body is filled with cannabinoid locks and the cannabis plant makes the keys to a bunch of them and uh, in some places, we're starting to figure out how those keys work. And many other places, the research is very nascent because the federal government has kept his knee on the neck of the researchers and hospital and doctors and medical schools and all that kind of stuff. That's starting to, to change. And we're finding, you know, really amazing stuff, right? Uh, GW Pharma, Epidiolex, first FDA approved drug derived from the cannabis plant, with, uh, uh, which helps kids with severe forms of epilepsy. I mean, it's, you know, like, the, the, the amount of good stuff blossoming out of cannabis right now is, is really tremendous all the way from, you know, fun on a Friday night with a joint <laughs> to a tincture on Tuesday to sleep, to sleep through after your kids came home for spring break in March and never left after you, you know, stared at the case count ticker on the news for too long. Like, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> huge amount of societal benefits that can come from this plant and it's starting to get them off. No question. Um, well, talk about your business. How did you decide to get started in this space? Like, what was the origins of it, and um, and and how did you decide this is going to be kind of the, your world? And 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 talk about the early days. Yeah. So, um, it, 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 it's interesting. I was just thinking about this morning. Um, so, I've been a huge fan of cannabis. Uh, you know, probably I guess for probably longer than I technically should have been. Um, <laughs> I think it's it, you know it's it's it, it's, it's it's a better you know it's, it's a healthier form of relaxation than alcohol it has medical benefits it has it has benefits you know the the drug war i think is one of the most damaging things that we've done uh particularly to people of color the idea that you would tear uh you know parents from their kids over a plant and spend billions of dollars in the process is, is you know just like is mind-numbing uh to me um you know i think uh Thankfully, the moral, as Martin Luther King Jr. says, the moral arc of the universe is long, but it bends towards justice. And that, you know, we're seeing that bend um, come down. I probably 10 years ago said, I think cannabis is going to be a thing. And I think there's a tremendous business. And I think it's, it's a business that can help society at the same time, which is not always the case. And I want to be in it. And uh, I, I somehow found myself lucky enough, uh, half, a, half a decade ago, five years ago, uh, we started um, Glasshouse Farms which was the first real entry into it. Um, you know, the serendipity of Santa Barbara, my hometown, is a uh, hub in a perfect climate for the cultivation of cannabis. It's flat, has water, sunny, an hour and a half from LA, which is the largest cannabis market in the world. is like some kind of unbelievably good fortune. Um, and so we started Glasshouse Farms with the intention to, you know, to do the best job that we could every day 
uh, can do a little bit better than they have done in terms of the cannabis we grew, how we de- delivered it to consumers, how we, you know, the lightest footprint we could have on the planet and the environment while we did it, the best price so that the most people had access. And, you know, we kind of, I guess, went, went forth with a, with good intention in our heart and trying to learn every day. And, and we're, that's what we're still doing, really, if we get down to it. So, um, you know, that was the early days, just thinking this was going to happen. And, and like Steve Jobs said, you know, the world's invented by people no smarter than us. So <laughs> go out there and make a dent in it. So you decide five years ago to jump into this space. Like, how do you start a business in the cannabis space? Do you, does it start with growing? Does it start with, like, I, I don't even know. I mean, I, I had a great time reading about the seed to serve model on your site um, from an ecosystem perspective. But when you think five years ago, what were the first steps to even get started in this space? Yeah, um, Cannabis is interesting because of the space it occupies, right? I mean, it's it, five years ago, the place it was was very different. I mean, today we have banking. We're one of the lucky ones to have that. Five years ago, nobody had banking. Things that would not be on your bank accounts, not typically on the business plan for the average business, right? I mean, that's not like a, who cares? <laughs> sure. You know, it's not a hurdle that you get over, right? For right. cannabis, three years to get legitimate banking, right? I mean, that's like, that was, this, we had, went out to dinner when we had every entity had its own legitimate bank account, right? It was a celebration. So, you know, there's a lot of this kind of stuff. Um, uh, we had to help get ordinances done. We had to get tax measures passed. We had, you know, at our new farm, it was 34 months from acquiring the property uh, until the first harvest because of all the regulatory things we have to do. So, um, you know, we started with cultivation. We're glad that we did. A lot of people thought we were crazy um, because cultivating agriculture in general is hard. And uh, there was a theory that it was all going to be commoditized and raced to the bottom. Um, uh, that hasn't been the case. Um, the folks who did brand heavy asset light stuff um, may be right eventually, but they're certainly not right yet. And probably not for the next few years. So we're really happy that we, um, we started with the basic cultivation. We also were very conservative when not other people were. We own of our farms. We don't have any debt. We don't have any landlords or leases or mortgages. So, um, you know, from the ability to endure ups and downs and challenges and setbacks, we're, we've put ourselves in a, in a conservative, but really strong position. So uh, happy about that. And then we just started layering on brands, opened the first 21 plus dispensary in the city of Santa Barbara, which was fun as a, as a local Santa Barbara boy. Um, and then now we're connecting that kind of seed to ashtray. Um, all the way through. And it's a, it's a, you know, the vertical integration doesn't make sense in a ton of spots, but cannabis, uh, it really does. So how did you decide, like, you know, once you got the company started, how did you decide, Hey, we're going to open stores and how did you decide what I'll call them brands to focus on and, and what products to make? You know what I'm saying? Like, how did you, how did you prioritize? Yeah. So in hindsight, I'm going to tell a story that makes me <laughs> look really smart and strategic (laughs) at the time. It was, uh, it was more, uh, more feeling around in the dark. Um, uh, you know, I think cultivation is our roots, right? For us, everything starts with the plant and the whole industry wouldn't exist without it. So we really started by, uh, growing, uh, as well as we could, uh, what we realized over time is that the ability, um, to, to cultivate well, cultivate well gave us a lot of control. We could decide, um, what, you know, what strains we want to grow and what prices they need to be at and the quantities and you know, all these kinds of things. And one of the ways that we thought we could do better at that was by stepping into retail, which is where, you know, the consumer connection happens. And so 
um, because of the work that we were doing in Santa Barbara, because of having a good operation, uh, you know, reputation and operations and roots here, um, we were able to get uh, the license, one of only three that they issued uh, for the first ever uh, 21 plus adult use dispensaries in the city of Santa Barbara. So we opened that store. Um, Santa Barbara is a progressive, you know, somewhat, uh, you know pretty well-to-do town with people that I think have the perspective uh, that cannabis is a contributing um, piece of their life. And so we found a very ripe audience. Um, and we then, you know, we created brands so that we could sell our products uh, in the store that we had. Um, we've learned from that, got that back in to make the rest of the ecosystem smarter. I want people wanting to how to deliver that to them. Um, then uh, my business partner I've been working with from the beginning of this, uh, a guy named Kyle, um, also had some, you know, things he was doing in other stores, uh, separate from, separate from me personally in LA. He said, Hey, this is all stronger together. And so we rolled all those pieces together to make the Glasshouse group. Um, and so now we have, you know, the farms supporting the brands, supporting the manufacturing, supporting the stores. And it's this really virtuous ecosystem, the cycle that we've created and, uh, that's uh, that's what we try and make the most of every day. Yeah, really cool. I mean, there's lots of parts to this for those that don't know the cannabis industry, like myself. Um, there's everything from genetics to cultivation through manufacturing, distribution, retail delivery, etc. Um, so, Graham, which areas were your expertise when you started, and which areas did you have to kind of lean into others to be the experts on and really help to get this thing rolling? Yeah. So uh, my areas of expertise were zero. Um, <laughs> technology. I, I thought never, it was technology. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I've never grown anything uh, else uh, in my life other than uh, gardens and things like that besides cannabis. But, um, you know, I think agriculture today, well done, is precision agriculture, uh, meaning that you figure out, you know, so you go back up one step. Every, every business has at least one biological the people that make it happen, right? So whether you're a software business or Tesla or whatever, you have a biological component, which is the people that figure out how to get together, coordinate, uh, get to run in the same direction to achieve the goals you're going to. Agriculture, and the only difference is that there's two biological systems. There's the people and the plants. But if you get down to it, you think, you know, if I, if I have anything, it's that I'm, I'm kind of a systems thinker, um, which I think probably came from Sonos and software.com uh, and connecting pieces like that. You think about the the biological system that is a plant. It's really not that different in a lot of ways than a computer. Right? You're trying to you have a, a result, and then you figure out how you how you do it as efficiently as possible, so you get the right output all the time with the least amount of waste. Right. So uh, agriculture today is a very is a very done well at least is a very tech heavy thing because you're trying to figure out exactly what you need to give the plant to get the result you want. You, if you give it too much, you waste. It. If you give it not enough, you lose something. So. You know, we have tons of technology and probably teachers most in our farms from, you know, fully automated greenhouses. Uh, you know, as an example, we've got a, a climate computer that connects a light sensor to our irrigation equipment. So if we have a sunny day, the computer will automatically give the plants a little bit more water and a little bit more fertilizer because it knows that they can photosynthesize more aggressively. They can use more water and they can grow faster. If it's a foggy day, it'll give it a little bit less. So if it didn't do that, on a sunny day, we'd lose the advantage of the extra sun. And on a foggy day, we'd waste water and nutrients. So like really honing those things in and being efficient, it leverages my background, which is in technology and getting teams together to deliver, hopefully, quality, delivered efficiently, which for the consumer means high quality for a reasonable price. So I guess that's the, that's the skill I've got is a, 
is thinking of things as systems, building teams, motivating them, and then using technology to do it. Sure. I love that. Well, and talk about you mentioned building some brands. Talk share with our audience what that means as you're launching quote unquote brands within um, the Glasshouse umbrella. So, uh, uh, one of the exciting things about cannabis is how much of a blank slate it is. Um, you know, I think that you can go back to the systemic reason for some of it, right? Is you know, on the federal level, it's still illegal, right? On the state level, it's getting progressively and progressively and moving pretty quickly now towards legality. But if you go back five years ago, there was a pretty tight filter, right? I mean, you did not have the best CPG innovation people. You did not have the best marketing people because you're asking them to step into a gray world that they're, that they don't need to, and they're not super comfortable with it, right? You know, roll forward now. And we've got a COO who comes from Nestle and Nissan. We've got a VP of marketing who comes from uh, Red Bull and Nestle and GT Kombucha. We've got a VP of retail whose background was at anthropology and Nordstrom's, right? So now we've built something that it's exciting. It's exciting for these new people to kind of come uh, get on, get on board with. And that's allowing us to really accelerate how we do things. Um, cannabis itself though is, is a very blank slate. So all the different, you know, if you go in and look at water on the shelf or something like that, you know, there's 42 different waters, <laughs> right. every single one of them is targeted in a different position and cannabis. It's like, it's this random mishmash of people who might be good growers, but have never designed a package and people right. who might be brand people, but they, they have no farms, so they just buy what they can, and it's hard to be a brand without consistency. So to be able to deliver that whole package is pretty rare. Um, we started with Glasshouse Farms, um, which is, uh, you know, I call I said we're after. We want to be the Casamigos of cannabis. That's, that's my goal, right? Casamigos I, I love uh, because you can take a shot of Casamigos. You can put a shot of Casamigos. You can put it in a margarita. <laughs> you can drink it on Tuesday. You can drink it on Friday. Right. Um, 1942, maybe my favorite tequila, but... If I saw someone put a shot of 1942 in a, in a margarita, I'd look at him like, what are you doing, right? It's like, that's the, the anniversary tequila. Right. I want, I want us to do that. Can't go wrong. Every day is always the right answer. Cannabis from Blackhouse Farms. No. I want to appeal to folks who shop at Whole Foods, who care about the environment, who care about what they put in their bodies. That's, that's really kind of who we're trying to be. And I think that's a super fun group because it's also a group who's just learning about cannabis. Got it. That's amazing. Well, um, you, you've had a couple of years here of growing and you've actually been part of um, growing other businesses. But like for those that are listening that who are looking for some advice from someone who's living it or have been there, what would be two or three things you'd share with our audience in terms of just getting to where you are today? Um, and, and what would be some coaching for them? Um, let's see. What would I say? I would say uh, mindset is a really key uh, foundational piece of any success or, or failure. Um, you know, I, I like to quote here, if you think you can, or you think you can't, you're right. Um, and I think a lot of that, uh, it starts there. Um, I think that, um, a desire, you got to put your ego away. Um, which isn't to say don't be confident, but the, the line between confidence and arrogance can be a, a thin one. Um, and you have to be on a quest to be correct, not right. And by that, I mean, you have to, you have to be true in your hunt for trying to, you know, even if it's not your idea, even if you were so sure it was right, but then you find out it's not correct. You got to adapt to that because if you persevere on this, on the, on the, on the path of wanting to be the one that always has the answer or, or ignoring the feedback that the universe is giving you or the world telling you about things, you're not going to get where you want it. So you, I think you really got to kind of open yourself up, be 
in the moment, receive things as unvarnished as you can, and then make the best decision you can make based on that, not based on what you think you wanted to do, but instead what you think will get you where you want to go. And um, I think if you can put all those things together that, you know, most of us can do anything with the, the appropriate focus and hard work, which is, is, you know, not always easy and not always the right thing. Right. I mean, uh, I think people should always do what they want to figuring out what you want to do is the hard part. So if you can identify that, um, you can do, can't do everything, but you can do anything. Totally. Share with our audience what, where your locations are, how they can connect with you guys, um, how they can find you, et cetera. Yeah. So um, we have uh, four retail stores all in California, of course, because of the, uh, the, the cannabis uh, laws. Uh, we have the pharmacy in Santa Barbara. Uh, we have the pharmacy uh, Berkeley. The pottery is in LA um, on Vince Boulevard. And then Santa Ana uh, is Bud and Bloom. Um, we have four brands, um, Glasshouse Farms, which you can find on Instagram at Glasshouse Farms, uh, Field Extracts, which is a really high-end, awesome extract brand, all the way from live rosins uh, for dabbers to uh, sauce, live resin, saucepan vapes, and a new AirGraph uh, platform that we're working with, which is amazing technology. It's kind of like the iPhone of vaping. Um, so definitely, if you're anything in the vape or concentrate area, Field is awesome. Uh, Forbidden Flowers is a brand that we developed with the actress Bella Thorne. Um, and I think it's an interesting one. Most of the celebrity brands, I think, are kind of a greenwashing, you know, uh, marketing, uh, marketing's idea on something. Right. This, uh, I like. Um, uh, a. Bella is an authentic cannabis consumer. She's got a dab bar in her house. Uh, she can roll joints faster than I can. I was at her birthday party. I watched her roll joints while talking to people and drinking cocktails and was significantly impressed. Um, but she talks to a, a demographic that I think doesn't right. get a lot of love from cannabis and it's, and it's a super important one, which is kind of the 21 plus female can of curious group, right? Um, can of you know, curious. That's the word of the day right there. Can of curious. Yeah. <laughs> which I think is awesome. Right. I mean, we got to remember that 95% of people have never been in a dispensary, right? For right. 95% of people, cannabis is something it's two buds in a ziplock or got it from a friend or whatever. You walk into this new world and it's, it's, it, you need an education because what is all this? Stuff, I know. Right? Uh, I mean, all I, those I, I, words you just said, yeah, I'm yeah. like, even a tincture. I'm like, what in the, I mean, it's like a whole new vocabulary. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yep. And mama. Sue. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 uh, yeah. And I think, I think it's, it's great because I, I would say if someone thinks they don't like cannabis, they just don't know how they like it yet. Right. Yeah. Sometimes that can mean you had too much. Sometimes that can mean you like an edible, but not smoking <laughs> it. Sometimes it means that you like a muscle rub that has zero psychoactive effect but the THC helps relieve the pain, or it could mean that you have anxiety and a few drops of a high CBD tincture calms you down. Like there's, there's, there, there's no chance that there's not something in the dispensary for <laughs> that everybody. can help everybody. You know, wow. it could be a bath bomb. But I think it's, still, it's the unknown. It's make your life better. I think it's just a, the unknown. I mean, I, most people, and that's why I love having you and in, in this industry on the podcast. I mean, guys, I don't, it's, it's, there's a lot of education to be done. So much upside in the market. Yeah. So back to Bella Thorne, the reason it's interesting is she speaks to that audience who needs to be educated and she's a trusted voice to them and she's authentic in her use of it. So being able to fig- to help those people understand, Hey, here's where a high gel, uh, CBD jellyfish is good after your yoga. Here's where a C- sativa might be best before your hike. Here's where an indica might help you go to sleep that night. Right. Like I think that's awesome. Um, and then mama Sue is the, uh, the last one, which is a health and wellness brand. Um, we did it in partnership with Sue Taylor, who's a longtime cannabis advocate. She's a seven year old African-American woman. Um, and 
that's another demographic is I think that has huge potential to be helped by cannabis is the kind of senior group, a lot of medications prescribed to them. A lot of them don't need to be prescribed if you have cannabis, uh, as part of your, uh, your diet. Um, and so we have a sleep and a pain tincture there. Sleep was interesting in CBD and CBN. So another new cannabinoid that not people, not, not everyone knows about really does help you sleep through the night. Um, I use it, you know, sometimes if I wake up at two in the morning, can't get back to sleep till a quarter dropper of that and I'm out till, you know, till six in the morning. Um, so it's, it's a great product. And again, talking, talking to different demographics who, uh, who can benefit from what we're doing. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. And for those listening that want to check it out online, glasshousegroup.com. Dude, it has been so great, Graham, having you on the podcast. Um, you must come back. We need to unpack, no pun intended, um, some of these <laughs> some of these products and, and dive into truly what's inside. Like, how does it work? How could they work? Be beneficial, et cetera. And um, just really appreciate you coming on. Absolutely. Thanks for having us, and we'd love to come back. You just tell us when. The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck. You can download additional ContenderCast episodes directly via the Apple iTunes App Store, the Google Play Store, Spotify, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the ContenderCast, connect with us at contenderbrands.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender. Contender.